We got lynched last week as we began to talk about anger, didn't we hear, folks? <laughs> John chapter 2 and verse 14. How many of you have your sheet with you from last week? Well done. You guys all have your sheets with you. Good job. All right, John chapter 2, verse 14. <clears throat> time of the Passover, uh, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and he found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves, and the changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple, and the sheep and the oxen poured out the change and poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables. And he said unto them that sold doves, Take these things, hence make not my father's house a house of merchandise. And his disciples remember that it was written, The zeal of thine house hath eaten uh, me up. <clears throat> right? Uh, then answered the Jews and said, What sign showest thou uh, to us, seeing that thou doest these things? <clears throat> now, let me ask you a couple of questions about this passage here. What's going on with Jesus at this point? Uh, <clears throat> is he pitching a fit? Sort of pitching a fit. Okay, we could say sort of pitching a fit, right? He's angry, isn't he? Now, could you... I mean, just imagine the picture. Uh, he goes around. He makes, he makes a whip. He goes around whipping uh, the, the, the people. Uh, he overturns their money. He's throwing tables over. Can you imagine the scene in the temple? Uh, it was terif a terrifying scene. Now, why was he upset? Why was he angry? First of all, how many of you believe, agree that he was angry? This is important. It's important that we see this. How many of you agree that he was angry at this point? Why well, he was angry, right? Now, if Jesus was angry, was it sin? No. So not all anger is sin. Okay, we keep that in mind. Not all anger is sin, all right? So why was he angry? What did he, he was in the temple for? Right? Who was the offense against? Well, no, who, who, yeah, the, the offense was against the father. He was taking up an offense because uh, they, they were offending against the father. He was pretty upset, right? He was upset about what they were doing, and he was demonstrating to them how upset he was about the whole thing, all right? Now, let me ask you another question. Was he out of control? No, he wasn't out of control. There was a perfectly controlled dealing with the situation. I mean, he, when he plaited the cord, I mean, he took time. I mean, if somebody loses the plot, they don't bother plaiting cords. They just go bald-headed for the whole thing. He didn't do that. What he did was uh, he went into the situation and he dealt with the situation and dealt with the people in the situation because they were an offense against his father. Now, do you think the people in the temple and the people that heard about it, uh, what do you think they thought on that occasion? What, what do you think? What, what, what do you think was the message that they got on that occasion? Because there was a message involved in it, wasn't there? Jesus never did anything for nothing. What do you think the message was? Yeah, it was reminding them what the temple was really for, and they were going, "Oh my, yeah, oh wow." Yeah, the Bible. His disciples say, "Yeah, the Bible does say the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up." See the zeal? And what he did was he straightened out, obviously, the wrong that was going on as far as the selling is concerned. But what he also did was he straightened out the people's attitudes towards the temple. It wasn't just a marketplace. 
It was a place of worship. It was a house of prayer. And he wanted them to see that and to understand that and to know that. So he laid that out very clearly for them. Now, here's the point I want to make to you. One of the points I want to make to you about, about this passage in particular. All anger is not wrong. Okay? Now, what we do when we're angry can be very wrong. Right? All anger is not wrong, but what we do with anger, anger is a God-given emotion. It's put in us to help us actually achieve things. It in itself is not wrong. There are times when it is just right for us to be angry. There are times when it is right for us to be upset about things. But what we do when we're angry is very important. Right? <clears throat> now, last week we looked at the situation. We're not going to go back into it because I haven't got the courage for it. All right? uh, Marilyn and Jack uh, <clears throat> were in trouble last week. And what we were doing is we were making the point, uh, <clears throat> what, what the book is doing is making the, this point, that, <clears throat> that, you know, Jack's wickedness did not excuse Marilyn's anger and how she was dealing with it. Now, that's an important point for us to get simply because of this. If you have somebody in your life who's angry, you do not automatically have to respond in a sinful way to it. It does not have to ruin your life, so to speak. You can actually respond to it in a right way, and um, <clears throat> you, can, you can have victory. Nobody has the, has the ability to destroy your life, except you. You, you can destroy your life. Right? <clears throat> and the way you're going to destroy your life is what's going on in your head, your self-talk, your thinking, or what you're actually saying to yourself on the inside. And what happened for Marilyn was Marilyn's self-talk uh, came to the place where she was destroying her own life. And towards the end of it, what happened was she said, oh, hang on a minute, I'm not doing this. I'm not, I'm not doing this. I am not letting my thinking go this way. And she started thinking right about the situation, and she changed her life. But a knock-on effect was that when she changed her life, Jack actually began to change too. <clears throat> because there was a contention going on between them. And when she, when she dropped the rope, so to speak, uh, and began to <clears throat> deal with things differently, the situation changed completely. Now, Jack changing completely was not essential to the story. Because we want to make that, don't we? In other words, I will do right if it makes him do right as well. And if he doesn't do right, then I'm not going to do right. It doesn't work that way. It's I will do right because it's right, because it pleases God, and he will bless me because he says he will, does regardless of how my situation changes. And that's tough for us to do. But do you realize that's actually freeing? Because if we don't do that, if we don't learn to actually deal uh, with uh, how other people deal with us uh, and um, get freedom from it, we're always going to be in bondage to somebody. Right? <clears throat> we're always going to be in bondage. All right, so common misbeliefs are connected with anger. Um, first of all, anger is bad, and if I'm a good Christian, I will never get angry. Okay, don't we tell ourselves that sometimes? Anger is bad, and if I'm a good Christian, I'll never get angry. That, that, that's, listen, uh, if anger is bad, then what Jesus did in John chapter 2 is bad too, and, and it's not bad. Right? It is not bad. <clears throat> we have to recognize that it's virtually impossible for you to never get angry. I said that right it's, virtu it's virtually impossible for you to decide that you're never going to get angry. 
Because what do you do if you decide you're not going to get angry? How do you deal with that? What happens when you get angry? You bottle it up. I'm not angry. I'm not angry. I'm not angry. You know, you lose you lose a lot of teeth enamel, uh, but you're not angry, right? Because <laughs> you don't express it, right? And you, you bottle it up. <clears throat> what else do you do? Did you ever see somebody who is clearly over the top angry and they're saying, "I'm not angry"? You deny the reality of what you're doing. <clears throat> you know that's ridiculous. It doesn't work. There's no way that you can uh, you can actually do that. Y- y- you've got to admit there is an emotion called anger, and you experience it. You experiencing the emotion called anger is not the problem. What you do with it is a problem. Right? <clears throat> Secondly, anger always means to yell and throw things or do whatever else it takes to drain off the emotion. Right? <clears throat> Anybody ever tell you that they had to vent? They were angry and they just had to vent. <clears throat> and don't worry about it, they were just venting. They just had to let it go. They just had to get it off their chest and they were venting and they were angry and they were maybe uh, throwing things around or um, uh, <clears throat> kicking something or, 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 or whatever. They were just venting. No, you don't have to vent. Jesus didn't vent. You don't have to vent either. By the way, isn't it amazing? Like, guys, we won't talk to the girls about this. It's amazing how many times guys hurt themselves when they're angry. They do something stupid that hurts themselves. Um, I mean, uh, uh, you, you know, it's amazing. I mean, <laughs> uh, my mother was decorating her bathroom recently, and um, <clears throat> she wasn't decorating. She, she, she had it uh, pulled out. They were, getting, they were putting in a new bathroom for over the, with the rep room, so everything was pulled out, and the wall was pulled out of the bathroom. And so, you know, the way the, the in, a, in a partition wall, there's, there's plasterboard on one side and plasterboard on the other side. Well, <clears throat> when they pulled off the plasterboard in the bathroom. Uh, you could see this huge, big, um, what, what it was, was a hole that had been stuffed years before. And it's my brother Liam. Uh, he lost his temper one night, and he just let fly with his fist, and he drove it straight through the plasterboard, and my father had to come and plaster it over it and, uh, and hide it. But it was still there years and years later. Now, you know what? <clears throat> um, bashing your hand into a plasterboard wall could do you great damage. In this case, he hit the plasterboard, so it wasn't too bad. If he had hit one of the studs, he would have a broken hand. But don't guys do daft things like that when they're angry? Now, ladies, we won't talk about what you do when you're angry. Um, We're just going to talk about the guys on, on that point. You don't have to do dumb stuff like that. Anger does not give you the license to act out and do stupid stuff. And if you buy into the lie that you do, then, you know, that's just what you're going to do. If you tell yourself you have to act out, you have to do something, you have to release the anger uh, in some way, then you're going to do it. The other thing you can tell, you can do is you can say, well, you know what? <clears throat> Getting angry means uh, you throw things uh, <clears throat> and you yell, and I didn't throw anything and I didn't yell, so therefore I wasn't angry. Is that true? Did you ever know somebody who was angry and they weren't throwing anything around? But you knew they were angry? Listen, you know what? Anger doesn't have to be expressed. It can be raw and terrifying without anything happening. And we need to understand that because, you know, we can be angry in a wrong way. And, you know what? Everybody knows we're angry. But we're saying, no, no, I didn't do anything. You don't have to do anything to be angry. Number three, if I do get angry, it's always better for me to swallow the anger than to express it. 
It's always better for me to swallow the anger than to express it. Now, because we're Christians, we're more prone to this one than most other people are. It's it's always better for me to swallow the anger. Now, what would the options be? You swallow the anger or what? Now, you help me here. You swallow the anger or you do what? Okay, you let it out. Now, when you say you let it out, what do you mean? Okay, now, like what? Show us. Give us a demonstration, Anthony, will you? <laughs> like, what, would, what would letting it out be? Fine. <laughs> okay. Do things. Now, so you either bottle it up or you do things that you might regret later on, right? Is there another option? Are they, the, is it, are they the only two options in the situation, or is there another option that's available to you? Vincent? You act on it. Okay, you don't act out, you act on it. Now, what would acting out be? Okay. Would it be wrong for you to say to somebody, look, I'm angry about this? <laughs> We're not comfortable with that, are we? But would, it, would it be right for you to be angry about something? Was Jesus angry? If, the, if, 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 the, if somebody had asked Jesus, are you angry right now? Would he have said, no, I'm Jesus, I never get angry. I'm just clearing the temple. Would he? No, he was, yeah, I'm angry. I'm really, I'm, I'm a, really angry about this. This is, this is what's going on here is wrong, and I intend to stop it. Right? And so, so... You know, it wouldn't be wrong for us to actually admit to anger and say, you know what, I am angry. Right? Now, you know, because we're fallible, we might be wrong in the reasons why we're angry. Mightn't we? You know, we might have actually gotten the wrong end of the stick. Somebody might have said something or done something, and we got the wrong end of it, uh, end of the stick, and we were angry. So, you know, it would be, would be reasonable for saying that maybe I shouldn't be angry, but actually I am. Can we talk about this? You know, so that so the, you're actually recognizing what's going on. Because I think Christians can be the greatest hypocrites of all. And here's the reason why. We want to be good. We want to be right. We want to do the right thing. You know, we want, to, we, want, we, we, we want to be right with God. We want to be right with each other. And so what we can do is we can actually pretend something's not happening when everybody else knows it's happening. So it would be better for us in that case to actually say, no, you know, I am angry. I might be wrong about this, but I'm angry about it. Right? Now, you, you don't act out and, you know, you don't have the explosive face and the, 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 the red eyes and all the rest of it, but you recognize, I'm upset about this. Right? And so you, so you talk to somebody about it, but we need to be, we'd be honest with ourselves most of all, but there are times when we need to actually be honest with others. And, you know, sometimes people know you're angry with them, and the fact that you don't express it is very confusing to them. The fact that you're stuffing it and hiding it, and they know you're angry. See, hiding it and dealing with it are not the same thing, right? Okay. Um, Number four, I have every right to be angry when another person does not live up to my expectations. I have no choice but to stay angry as long as things don't change. Now, that sounds wrong, doesn't it? Because it's my expectations. Okay, but let's translate it. Okay, your name is Marilyn. And Jack is being an absolute jerk of a husband. 
and he's doing the wrong things, and he's cutting you down, and he's comparing you to other people, and he's being nasty and mean, and he's not fully coming up to your expectations. So therefore, you have every right to be angry, and you have to stay angry until he shapes up or ships out. One or the other. Don't we, don't we sometimes buy into that one? Like, don't we sometimes buy into the idea that, you know, <clears throat> I don't have any option but to be angry in this situation and to continue in my anger? By the way, you never continue in anger, right? That's when it gets dangerous. You know, <clears throat> uh, if you get angry, you deal with it. You don't bottle it. You deal with it. You express it and you move on from it. You don't bottle it. It'll destroy you. It'll, it'll eat a hole in you. Uh, if you stay angry. And number five, it's outrageous and insufferable when others do things I don't like or if they fail to treat me as I ought to be treated. Now, again, that sounds wrong because it sounds very selfish to us, but we actually do that. People don't treat me the way I should be treated. I get angry. I get bent out of shape. That's not fair. That's not right. That job, I should have gotten that job. He, he doesn't deserve that job. I have the qualifications for that job. He doesn't have the qualifications. And I can get bent out of shape. Because I haven't been treated the way I should be treated. It's possible for me to get angry about that, isn't it? It's possible for me to get very bent out of shape about those things, right? <clears throat> and we think it's outrageous and insufferable when people don't do things the way I want them to be done, right? <clears throat> okay, so anger is not always bad, right? I don't, I don't want to necessarily have you to repeat that after me, but I do want you to get it in your head. Anger is not always bad because Jesus got angry, right? Uh, and by the way, in Ephesians, when it's talking about being angry and sin not... It's a command to be angry, but not to sin. It's a command to actually express what's going on, but not to sin. You know, being angry and cutting loose at people and shredding them with your words would be using corrupt communication. That would be sin. Right? That would be sin. Nobody's trying to defend, by the way, Jack's behavior. Uh, in the illustration last week. Nobody's de- defending that. That's, that's wrong. He's wrong. He needs to deal with God about his sin. Uh, you know, but because what he's doing is uh, he's expressing corrupt communication. Right? So, but there's a command to be angry and to sin not. Right? Secondly, sometimes it's better to express your anger. You're better to actually say it. By the way, does the Bible give us any way to express our upsets within the church? How? Okay. So if somebody's offended against me, I go to them and I say to them, look, um, you did something or I believe you did something and it has hurt me and made me angry actually. Can we talk about it and deal with it? Now, we don't like that. Why? Because it makes us vulnerable. We're supposed to go and deal with things, right? <clears throat> and if, that, if it's not dealt with on that level, there's levels to go through. Uh, you bring a witness and so on. <clears throat> but th- there's a way there for you to express your anger, not bottle it up. Jesus knew how people were inside. He knew what we were made like. He knew what we needed to do, and he gave us ways to deal with things, right? <clears throat> Number three, anger doesn't always mean yelling and throwing things. <clears throat> you know... There's a theory, uh, psychologists, some psychologists somewhere invented that uh, you're like a steam boiler, right? Now, you have a steam boiler, and yes, we've we got a, uh, a stove, 
burner in our house, right? And the stove has on the top of it, I know, I know this, I had to change it last Saturday, right? It has a little uh, release valve. And here's what the release valve is about. The release valve is about, if you put fire in the stove and the water gets hot and the water can't escape, do you know what's going to happen? The stove's going to explode. It's going to blow up in your face and, 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 and kill you. Right? So there's, there's a release valve on it. Well, some psychologists came up with the idea that we were like steam boilers. That we were like steam boilers, and uh, once anger got going inside us, it had to be released. There had to be a release, so you had to actually act it out in some way. No, you don't. You don't have to go out and beat the fire um, <clears throat> out of a punch bag or something to get, get, get rid of your anger. You don't have to do that. That's not the way for you to deal with your anger. That's not the right thing for you to do. Um, And then you don't have the right to be angry with people um, because of what they do and how they treat you. Right? Now, if somebody treats you wrong and you get angry, what made you angry? What made you angry? Okay, well, probably would be part of it. Now, did somebody doing something make you angry? You say yes, right? That's not actually true, right? What made you angry was what you told yourself about what they did. Is that true? Right? Um, you know, somebody, somebody treats you wrong, uh, somebody treats you wrong and you say, that's not fair. That's not right. And there's, there's a, there's a, there's a conversation that goes on in your mind, your self-talk that actually fires you up and gets you to the place where you're angry. Somebody doing you wrong didn't make you angry. Somebody doing you wrong might've hurt you. You know, somebody doing you wrong, might you, you might've said, I can't believe they did that to me, but it's the self-talk that actually creates the anger. It's what you tell yourself about what they did that makes you angry. All right? Let me give you an illustration of it. Uh, The Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. Okay? I mean, if ever anybody had a right to be angry, he did, didn't he? I mean, he, he had an absolute right to be angry. He was abominably treated. And he had never done anything wrong. He had never hurt them. He had never done anything wrong. Now, why didn't he get angry? I'm glad he didn't, by the way. Because he would have destroyed the world. If he'd lost control, he would have destroyed the world. Because he could have done. Uh, and he would have done, and we wouldn't be saved. Right now, why didn't he get angry? What, what, do you know about, but, 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 what do you know about the self-talk of Jesus on the cross? Okay, so he needed to go through with it, right? Okay, Vincent? Okay. Now, why is he asking the Father to forgive them? They don't deserve forgiveness, do they? Mm-hmm. That was just a bloke. Okay, so, that, so it was okay to do, do it to him if he was just a bloke. <laughs> Okay. 
Okay, they don't know. Okay, but yeah, and I understand what you're saying, right? But did did he did he think it was okay for them to do? No, no, it wasn't okay. So why was he asking for forgiveness from them? Okay, for our sakes? How, how for our sakes? Okay. It's going through, right? Okay. Now, all those things are true, right? In, in some measure. But something that we, we don't take into account is that what Jesus is doing is he's actually showing you what he's talking about inside himself. They don't know what they're doing. They don't understand. They don't understand that they're part of Satan's uh, grand scheme right now. They don't understand that they, what they're doing is completely wrong. They don't understand that I'm the Savior. They don't understand anything. You know, he's not holding it against them because he understands they don't understand. He knows they don't understand. And it's, yeah, his self-talk could have been, this is so unfair. I've, I've, I've never done them anything but good. See that guy there? I healed his wife. See that guy there? He was blind. And I healed him. See all this? I, I fed that crowd over there. This is just so unfair. His self-talk. And then he would have been very angry. But his self-talk was different. Okay, anything else we know about his self-talk? But what he was telling himself when he was on the cross? Right? Okay, he had to go through it. He knew he had to go through it. But there's some instances in the Bible where it actually tells us what he was thinking. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. Who, when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteous judgment. And by the way, we're told he he was an example to us. That's what that passage of Scripture is put in there for us. So what's that saying? Okay. That's def- definitely there. Definitely there, right? <clears throat> but <clears throat> when it says he committed himself to him that judges righteous judgment, what did he do? What did he do there? When, when he was being abominably treated, what did he do with it? Okay, he, he took our punishment and he knew he was doing that, but it was still wrong. It was still unfair. It was still nothing right about it. So what's he doing? What's he doing when he's saying he committed himself to him the judge's righteous judgment? Leighton? Yeah. He just turned over to the Father and left it in the Father's hands. Lord, you deal with this. Father, you deal with this. This is yours. I'm not dealing with this. This is yours. This is wrong. Now, did anybody that did him wrong get away with it? Yes and no. That's a, very, that's a very difficult question, right? It's a yes and no question, right? Some of them will pay for it forever in hell. And for some of them, they trusted him and he paid for it for them. Isn't that hard to imagine? He paid for the fact that they were doing him wrong. He was paying for their sin. He was paying for it and they availed of that and they're in heaven today because he paid for, the, paid for their sin, right? But what he did was he cleared it off his shoulders. He put it in the Father's hands. Father, you deal with this. I'm not dealing with this. I'm not taking it on board. Now, that's really important for us because we can't just ignore injustice. We're not able to. If we just ignore it, what's going to happen is we're, going to, we're really stuffing it. 
And what we've got to do is we've got to give it over to somebody who can actually deal with it. If you want a release valve, that's your release valve. Committing yourself to him, the church of righteous church, and putting yourself in his hands. When people treat you wrong, he deals with it. He takes it over and he deals with it. You know, we looked on, <clears throat> on Sunday night uh, about, <clears throat> you know, vengeance is not wrong. It's wrong when I do it, but it's not wrong when God does it. Right? <clears throat> and God does vengeance. God actually takes care of issues and deals with them. But you've got to be able to put it in his hands and let him deal with it. Steve? Okay. Okay, that, that's, that's a really good point, right? Could we say this about him, that he had a, an eternal perspective on what was happening? He wasn't looking at, this is insufferable, this is horrible, I can't bear this, this is terrible. He was looking at, who for the joy that was set before him, listen, this is going to turn to good, this is going to actually be good. This is going to actually save people, this is going to be good. Now, could we legitimately... Not not my Jesus, because our suffering is not saving people. But could we legitimately look at our suffering and when people treat us wrong from an eternal perspective? Could we? Would that be reasonable to do? Yeah, the Bible gives us plenty of reason to do that, doesn't it? You know, <clears throat> Matthew chapter 5. Um, <clears throat> Blessed are you when you are persecuted, for so persecuted the, the prophets. Great is your reward in heaven. So that you can look at those things and you can say, hang on a minute. You know, um, the Apostle Paul, he was faced with a situation he couldn't change. So he accepted it. He said, okay, therefore I will glory in tribulations. I'm going to embrace my problems. Because when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And by the way, we often miss the strong part because we don't accept the reality of what's happening in our lives right now and give it over to God. We miss his strength. Because we're fighting our own battles. And, and you know, if you want to fight your own battle, God's going to say to you, all right, go ahead. Fight your own battle. When you, when you get worn out and tired, come to me and I'll, uh, and I'll show you uh, how we can really deal with the situation. Right? <clears throat> so, you know, you need to learn, we need to learn to commit ourselves to him that judges righteous judgment. There's things, there are wrongs in this life that we can do nothing about. There are some wrongs that we can fix and we should fix those if we can, Right? We should put those things right if we can. But there are some wrongs that there's nothing we can do about them. And we commit ourselves to him that judgeth righteous judgment. By the way, let me say this too. Um, If we compare ourselves to Jesus, then we're all wimps. And what do I mean by that? I mean, you know what? Our level, our tolerance for, for suffering and injustice is almost non-existent. We're not going to let anybody treat us wrong. We're going to fight tooth and nail against that. That's just not fair. You know, well, you know what? Sooner or later, we end up facing situations that we just can't fix. I mean, there are people all over this world today in prison just because they're Christians. There are people who've lost homes, who've lost possessions, who've had loved ones murdered. 
And there's nothing they can do about it except give it over to the Lord. We're in a much better position than that. And so what happens to us when we're treated wrong, we got rights. We always got rights. And our rights sometimes get in the way of our Christianity and it's coming to the place where we accept, you know what, this, this is just the way it is. So, um, you don't have the right to be angry when another person does not treat you right. Not in the sense that you get angry and you get bent out of shape and you cut loose. You don't have the right to do that. You need to kind of cross that one off on your list of rights that you have. Because you really don't have that right. One psychologist said this. He said that, uh, the truthful statement to make when you're angry is, I make myself angry. I make myself angry about what I'm saying to myself. Either you're talking right stuff to yourself or you're talking wrong stuff to yourself, and you're going to end up making yourself angry. But, and you, you say, hang on, Pastor, that's hard. That's, that's, in fact, that's, that, that's mean of you to say, because my wrongs are real. I'm not saying that your wrongs might not be real or justified. that's not saying that. And I'm not saying that so the other person gets off scot-free. Nobody gets off scot-free. Okay? I'm saying that so that you can be free of it. You don't have to go down because of the way somebody else treats you. See, Jesus hung on the cross, but he was never for a moment a victim. Never. He was never a victim. When we come to the place where we think somebody else has treated me wrong and therefore I am stuck, what happens to us then is we're victims. And when you're a victim, you're losing. People will treat you wrong. That's going to happen to you for the rest of your life. People are going to treat you wrong. Someone's going to be pretty horrible. That's just the reality of life. But you don't have to come to the place where you give in to it and you go down with it. Um, Number five, it's not dreadful or even especially unusual if others do things I don't like or fail to treat me uh, as well as I treat them. We waste a lot of time and energy uh, when we brood over the offenses of others. All of us have sinned and done people wrong. Now, I don't know, humanity at large, because you see it all around you, you see it, I see it, Uh, humanity at large has this incredible ability to be totally blind to the offense I cause and alive and alert in an incredible way to the offenses that are done to me. Isn't that true? I mean, back to your, your, your illustration about, uh, about the driver, the guy, the guy that comes along and, and you know, so you've cut in in front of him and he lays on the horn and, and, and he's following after you and he's ready to get out of the car and kill you and so on. Now, we all know he's never made a mistake on the road himself, has he? <clears throat> no, not at that point, he can't remember ever having made a mistake on the road, but you, you can be sure he did. But we're all like that. We all, we all can actually take issue with somebody else doing us wrong and be blind to what we do. You know, um, that's just reality. The reality of life is it's a sin-cursed world. People are going to treat you wrong. That's just it. You say, hang on, that's pretty grim. Well, the world's pretty grim in some, certain ways. 
and the, you know, actually, you don't have to embrace the grimness in, this, in, in the sense that you're going to take it all on board, but you have to recognize it because it's reality. You know, you can't find a little bubble where you're going to live and everybody's going to be nice to you. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. That's just the way life is. You know, people are mean. People are hurting. People are blind. People are <laughs> insensitive. You know, there's a million reasons why people do things that hurt you, but that's just the way it is. And you, <clears throat> you can't, you've you got to get over thinking it's so incredibly unusual that somebody would treat me wrong. That's, that's you not being real. Just accept it. People are going to treat you wrong. That's the way it's going to be. In fact, if everybody in the world was nice, God would still find somebody to treat you wrong because you need them. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that true? Don't you grow with the people that treat you wrong much more than you grow with the people that treat you right? <clears throat> All right, so it's not dreadful or even especially unusual uh, when people treat you wrong. Um, okay. When you stop telling yourself, key insight in your sheet there is when you stop telling yourself how unfair or unjust your treatment has been and how miserable you are, you will cease to be angry. Now try it. Because right? some of you are bristling with me for saying that, right? <clears throat> but when you stop telling yourself how unfair or unjust your treatment has been and how miserable you are, you cease to be angry. You see, anger needs fuel. And the fuel is not what people do. The fuel for anger is how you, what you tell yourself about what people do. Now, if you're aware of what's going on in your head, uh, you'll know that. You know, somebody does you wrong and you say, that wasn't fair. And I did this for them and I did that for them. And can you imagine they did that to me? That's just incredible. And you want to go and tell somebody else. And by the way, don't, don't, don't help somebody's wrong self-talk by, by adding to it when they come to you with their <coughs> bent out of shape. You know, help them to get, get themselves on track, right? <clears throat> okay. Um, there's no connection, necessary connection between another person's behavior and your anger. You are angry because of your own self-talk and not because of another person's behavior. Other people cannot force you to remain in a stew over their behavior. This is something you do to yourself. You make yourself angry by what you tell yourself. Now, do you want to talk to me about that, or, 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 or can we bite the bullet on that? I know it's not, a, it's not a tasty morsel, but can we actually bite the bullet on that, or do we want to talk about it? Do we, do we want to reason about it a little bit here? Because don't just, don't just go, oh, pastor's on, on one of his rants. He's, you know, he's, uh, he, uh, he's throwing stuff at us that nobody could do. Uh, you, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're struggling with it, let's talk about it, right? Because I realize some of the stuff is hard to, get, hard to take on board. Anthony? Thank you, Anthony, right? <laughs> okay. Um, it's one thing when people do it because they don't know what they're doing. Anthony's saying, but what about when people actually do it because they don't care? Can you get angry with them? 
Farina. Got God. God cares. Okay, God has your back. God cares and God has your back. Okay. <clears throat> Anything else then? Steve? Can I? It is? <laughs> no, it is hard. It is hard. Um, now, if, if somebody offended against you, and you went and said, look, what were you doing there? That, that, that's hurt me and upset me and is making me angry. Uh, can you help me with it? Right? Now, if they're not going to deal with it, they're not going to deal with it. But oftentimes you can actually, that's, that's anger, but it's controlled. It's not something that's kind of cutting loose and letting fly. There's never a reason for you to cut loose and let fly ever. Do you realize that? Ever. There's never a reason for you to cut loose and let fly. Right? <clears throat> but there would be reason for you to go to somebody. And you know what? Say, look, I, 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 I value our relationship, but this is hurting our relationship. Right? I, <clears throat> there are times, I, I, probably the, the, um, <clears throat> the one time I saw that was kind of, that, that amazed me and really impressed me with that. I saw a pastor in a church one night. And uh, I was there as a missionary, so we had presented uh, the work in Ireland. And we were excused because the church had some private business to do, right? Now, this was the meekest, mildest, sweetest, most godly man you could, you could picture, right? <clears throat> and so, you know, I, I knew him as that. He was, he, he, he was just one of, those, uh, one of those wonderful characters. Well, I remember looking in the window. I suppose I shouldn't have been looking in the window <clears throat> at the door of the church. He was lighting off the church. And it wasn't him at all. But what he was doing is there was something wrong in the church and he was laying out how wrong. Now, he wasn't offended for himself. He was offended because something was wrong. And he was trying to put it straight. I don't think he was out of control. But I tell you what, <clears throat> he was letting everybody know this was not going to go on, this was not going to happen. Now, I think there are times when that happened, but honestly, I don't think we know very much about that. I really don't think we know very much about that. I don't think we know very much about those times when we actually cut loose and let it go. All right, back to, back to Anthony's question, though. <clears throat> um, you know, <clears throat> when somebody does you wrong and they do it because they don't care, is it okay for you to get angry? Well, a thought that needs to come into that is this, right? First of all, have you ever done something wrong because you didn't care? Have you ever done anybody wrong because you didn't care? <laughs> <laughs> now look, he's answering for all of us. Because we all have, haven't we? Right? Now, but this, this <clears throat> and this is kind of hard for us to work out. You see, we, <clears throat> Vrini said God cares. And he does care. But, <clears throat> did God let that happen? Okay. Okay. 
All right. Well, that's, and that's true. Let's take it a step further, though. Let's take it somebody who purposefully and intentionally, knowing exactly what it's going to do to you, goes out to hurt you. Right? That happens. That's going to happen. Right? People are going to intentionally go. Now, let's look at it this way. Vreen said God cares. And he does. He cares about you at those times. Did God allow it? Okay. Now, if God allowed it into my life, although somebody else is the perpetrator of it, somebody else did the wrong, but God allowed it into my life, then can I say it's from God? Okay. So the one side of it, somebody did wrong, and they are responsible to God for the wrong they did. That's, you know, that's gets paid for. But God allowed it into my life. Now, why did God allow it into my life? It was something mean, something rotten. Why did God allow something mean and rotten into my life? Okay, it could be to check me, yeah? What do I know about God in that situation? What do I know about God? Somebody's treating you wrong, they've done you wrong, and they've done it purposefully, and they're enjoying your pain. I know God allowed it into my life. Does God love me? Things you're going to say? Okay, he works all things together for good. God loves me. Now, you know what? Those of you that are parents, did you ever let your child do something that you knew was going to cost them, but you let them do it anyway? Right? Now, did you not love them when you let them do it, or did you love them and let them do it anyway? Right? You know, no, you loved your child, but you know what? There are certain decisions that you make, and the child needs to know this. And you let the child do something that's going to hurt. And that's, it's, it's always measured. You know, you're not going to let them fall into a fire to find out how hot fire is. But you will let them put that little hand too near the fire so that they feel a sharp pain. And you'll watch while they're doing it, and you'll catch it before it gets... Uh, too serious because you know what some some kids their curiosity is just going to do that and you can't actually fix them till they uh, till they experience something of it and after that they're going around never uh, never touching the fire again you know now <clears throat> you see God allows other people to treat me wrong and He loves me doesn't stop loving me He allows it to happen right <clears throat> He He knows what's best in my life He knows what I need. And he's got the power to do it. Right? So when God allows something bad into my life, he allows it into my life for good, for my good. Now, I might not see it. I might not understand it right away. But, he, but that's always true. Okay, but God never slaps us. No, 
Okay, well, come to me and I'll tell you why, okay? <laughs> well, well, here's the thing, though. I mean, you know, we, we don't have to know why. It's not a lesson like that. The lesson is not about you learning why this happened and what I need to fix. What you need to learn is to trust God in the situation. And when you trust God in the situation, the lesson is learned. Sometimes he explains it all to you, but he doesn't have to. And he doesn't need to. But if I, if I come to the place where I trust, where I trust God, okay, uh, let me give you an example, biblical example, Job. Okay? God took everything from Job. Did he ever tell Job why? Never. Did Job learn from what happened to him? Yeah. He submitted to God, he yielded to God, and he learned truth he could never have learned otherwise. Right? So you don't need to know, I want you to learn the five times tables, and here's why I'm doing this in your life, you didn't learn your five times tables. It's not like that. It's God is working in your life to actually enable you to trust him in a situation where you can't. And it's you crying out to him and saying, Lord, help me. Help me to trust you. I don't know how to trust you in this situation. Help me. Right? But God is always working good in my life. Even the situation you're going through, God's working good in your life through it. You know, it, 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 it's all part of it. Right? So we've got to remember that, that God is always at work in the situation in my life. So that, yeah, I may have something <clears throat> with a brother or a sister that I need to deal with. But there's a lot of stuff in life that, you know what? I'm not going to deal with because it's not going to be, need to be dealt with. Now, what am I going to do with that stuff? Am I going to stew on that? Or what am I going to do with it? I'm going to bring it to God. I'm going to cast all my cares upon him. I'm going to cast the burden on him and leave it with him. I'm going to bring it to him and lay, uh, 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 and lay it on him because I can't carry it. It's impossible. But what I can't do is I can't stew on it. And I can't wait for my opportunity to get even with the other person either. I've got to see God in all the situations. Steve? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and what's wrong with that now? <laughs> yeah. And and you see, either we res- either we respond with the attitude of. Why me? This is not fair. And really why me and this is not fair is against God. And you can try you can try and think you can try and pretend it's not. But it's against God. Right? And when you do that, you're in pride. And your pride then becomes you see, pride is a barrier between us and God. God resists the proud. Right? <clears throat> but when I humbly come to God with my problem and say, Lord, this hurts like fire. I need your help. And I cry out to him, and I'm humble. 
Because <clears throat> if I say this, I'll make some of you mad, right? <clears throat> um, I, I, I always have to work out sometimes. Well, I have to work out sometimes. How, how mad am I willing to make you to help you get something, right? <laughs> um, <clears throat> let's, let's look at the situation from this way. Is it possible that anything wrong could happen to me in this world that I didn't deserve? Why? What do I deserve? Are we convinced of that? Isn't everything else a bonus? Isn't it? Don't we live on two different levels in a sense? We live on a human level where I have rights and I deserve and people should treat me right and people should speak right about me. And then we live on another level spiritually where we understand that, you know what? If it wasn't for what Jesus did on the cross for me, I would spend eternity in hell. And I wouldn't spend eternity in hell as an injustice. It would be perfectly just because that's exactly what I earned. Right? Don't we live with two different, two, two, two different realities? So in, in that sense, you know, whatever I have to suffer in this world is nothing by comparison to what I deserve. <laughs> well, there is kind of a, there, there is though this is, there, there is for us there is kind of a, you know a Jekyll and Hyde type take on things. On one side, we see things spiritually, and we say, "Yeah, you know what? This is spiritual, and this helps me, and and I need this, and it's going to make me grow." And on the other side, then we'll look at the, a situation, and we we'll say, "This is not fair. How dare he? How dare she do that?" And we get all bent out of shape. Now, you know. <clears throat> It can't be all one way. You can't just spiritualize everything and, and, and deal with nothing. But w- there's always the spiritual aspect to it. There's always the fact that God's involved in the situation, which always tempers what I'm going through. Always tempers what I'm going through. Because God's involved. God, God's, God's never let you out of his sight or out of his hand since you trusted him. Never. And you say, but bad things have happened to me since then. Yeah. And all from his hand. And not because he wants you to have a good old happy life here on this planet. He wants much bigger things than that for you. He wants an eternity for you. God's got an eternity plan for you. So what he's doing is he's allowing things into your life that are going to actually affect you and impact you right now. But if you let him work them out in your life, you're going to find they, 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 are, they, they are more than worth it. Paul Paul said, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Now, he wasn't just waffling, you know, to fill fill up an epistle somewhere. He meant it. That eternity and the glory of eternity and, you know, wasn't, wasn't, the suffering didn't even compare. And Paul suffered. Stoned, thrown overboard, left for dead. You know, lashed. He, he suffered. Totally unfairly. But he said it's not worthy to be compared. Now, the difference between him and us often is he had a spiritual perspective on it. Whereas we tend to look at our situations and say, no, it's just people. It's not just people. It's, <clears throat> it's God working in our lives and it's worth it. It's always worth it. It's always worth it because God has a plan and he's working it out. 
<clears throat> okay, now we need to move on here real quick because I'm gone next week and I don't want to leave this hanging over us till, uh, <clears throat> till we come back. Um, <clears throat> let me just real quickly uh, tell you how to deal with anger here. I'll give you some pointers. You haven't got these written down, so if you want to write them down, you could, you could, you could write them down, right? <clears throat> Okay, when somebody is angry with you, <clears throat> number one, don't be upset every time somebody becomes angry with you. It isn't a disaster. You can cope with it effectively. You don't need to get upset and bent out of shape. Every issue is not an issue that you need to deal with. Right? <clears throat> uh, number two, don't shape your behavior just to prevent others getting upset with you. They will anyway, and when they do, it's their problem, not yours. Now, what's that? Do you know that anger is a controlling force? If somebody gets angry enough with you, right, you naturally draw back. And what you want to do is you want to kind of, you know, dance around them so that you don't get them angry because you hate it when they get angry. Don't do that. It's their problem, not yours. Right? You say, yeah, well, you tell that to my wife or my husband when they're angry. Now, you've got to be careful that you don't get into a bondage where you won't do because somebody else gets angry with you in the situation. Be careful not to reward the angry outbursts of others. Ignore them when they yell at you, but be very attentive when they speak reasonably. You can do this very much easier, more easily with a child than you could with an adult. And by the way, you could teach a child not to be angry. Because right? when the child's angry and screaming, they get nothing. You know, the child who demands sweets in the shops should never ever get sweets in the shops. Ever. Right? <clears throat> um, just don't do it. And the, the same thing is true, though, with adults who get angry with us. Don't reward it. Never give them what they're looking for. Never give them what it is that they're looking for. Don't be inten- intimidated. Speak up and say, please talk to me reasonably. <clears throat> you know, um, <clears throat> be kind and loving. Just because somebody is angry at you doesn't mean you have to be angry back. Say words such as, I am sorry you are feeling bad. Can I do anything to help you feel less upset? Now, you know what? Uh, you've got to gauge when you want to put your head in the lion's mouth uh, and when, when not to. <clears throat> but, you know, you don't need to go with the anger. Right? <clears throat> uh, number six, when there's a truth in an accusation directed at you, admit it. Don't lie and defend yourself. You don't have to be right all the time. Say words like, it's true. I wasn't using my head at all. Um, on that occasion. But, you know, just because somebody's angry, what do you do when somebody's angry with you, by the way? You, you, you put up your defenses against them, don't you? And so they're not getting in, and they, you're not going to admit anything. Well, if you were wrong, admit you were wrong. You don't have to match what they're doing. You know, uh, you can actually say, yeah, well, that was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. And what you do is then you release it. But when you have to defend something wrong that you did because they're angry, you're now in it. You've got the other end of the rope. And really with an angry person, what you need to do is you need to let the rope go. Fight with yourself if you like, but I'm not getting upset. Right? And number seven, give others the right to be angry with you sometimes and don't be shocked and offended when it happens. If you insist everyone see and respect you as a perfect human being with no faults, you will be deeply disappointed, not to mention the victim of a gross misbelief. There are times when somebody's going to be reasonably upset with you because of something you did. Right? You live in a sin-cursed world, and you know what? You've got a sin nature in there, and you will do wrong and admit it. 
You know, <clears throat> I, people are going to come to you and they're going to say, look, I'm, I'm upset with what you did. You know, don't immediately think that you're perfect and there's no reason. And that can happen to you. Uh, if you deal with an angry person regularly, you can get to the place where uh, you become a martyr. And, you know, every, every martyr is perfect, aren't they? Every martyr <clears throat> does it right all the time. You can become a martyr. You are so mistreated uh, that you're always right. You're not. You know, somebody, uh, somebody else's wrongdoing does not perfect you. So, you know, you've got to be willing to actually... <clears throat> Except, you know what, there's going to be times when it is reasonable for somebody to come to me and say they have a problem. Now, nobody has the right to abuse you. Okay? Now, what do you do with that one? Now, this is an online conversation, isn't it? Nobody has the right to abuse you verbally. What do you do with that? You refuse to take it on. Somebody's going to abuse you, you end the conversation. Somebody's going to abuse you, you walk out of the room. You don't have to put up with that. You, because what happens is, if you put up with that, it gets hard for you to stay out of it, doesn't it? It gets hard for you not to get drawn into it. When somebody's doing that to you, you just, listen, I'm not doing this. Sorry, this is wrong, I'm not doing this. I'll just end up getting angry like you are, and I'm not doing it with you. And you, don't, and you let go of the rope. And let someone fight with themselves if they want to. <clears throat> And then the other thing, and the main thing you're going to do with anger is you're going to pray about it. When, when people offend against you, uh, you're going to bring it to the Lord. And you know what? When you bring it to the Lord, a lot of stuff that you bring to the Lord, he will actually tease out with you so that you don't have to deal with it any, any further than that. You come to the Lord and you, you, you talk to the Lord about it, and, and he will actually work in your heart so that you don't need to. You're not carrying it. You're not stuffing it. It's gone. It's dealt with. And just leave it gone and dealt with. But you need to pray much about those things. All right, <clears throat> we should close. Um, <clears throat> one more few points I need, need to bring to you, right? <clears throat> uh, confess your sinful anger to God and receive his forgiveness, always. Whenever you get angry, confess your sinful anger to God. And do this for your relationships. Confess it to the people you got angry with. Right? Now, what, why do you do that? You know... <clears throat> If you don't confess the anger and deal with the anger, they will build walls to protect themselves from you. Reasonably. Emotional walls. That's what people do. They build emotional walls to protect themselves from, and you won't be able to reach them at all. So understand uh, that you need to confess your anger to to people. Uh, Locate and identify your misbeliefs. What are you telling yourself that's not true? What are you telling yourself that's allowing you to get angry? And replace the misbeliefs with truth. Eliminate the lies you've been telling yourself and start repeating truth to yourself. And then behave according to truth. Your behavior is not according to your upset or you have a right to be angry. Your behavior should be according to truth. And then pray answers instead of problems. Come to God with it and ask the Lord for answers. Lord, what do I do? And God is able to... Do you know that the Holy Spirit is the comforter? He is able to suck the poison out of your interactions with people so that you can walk away free. It's a foolish choice for believers when, when we don't spend much time with him. Because you know what? It's a hard world. And we need him to take away these things for us. All right. <clears throat> Let me do this. Let me just uh, close in prayer and then I'm going to throw it open to, <clears throat> to you. By the way, if you've got some questions you want to ask me, feel free to ask me afterwards. Right? We, we won't take time for them right now. Um, <clears throat> but this is... 
Hugely helpful stuff. Anger is an enormous problem for us. Don't lie to yourself about it. Uh, tell yourself truth and, and, and win in it. But I'm just going to open a prayer, and then you just pray as the Lord lays on your heart, and I'll close in a few minutes. Father in heaven, we thank you for this evening. Thank you for your people that have come out to hear your word. And Lord, we do pray that you would just bless us, Lord. Lord, we are uh, creatures Lord, that walk in flesh. And Lord, <clears throat> uh, we have feet of clay that draws down. And Lord, it's so easy for us to get angry. It's so easy for us to respond wrongly to somebody else's anger. Blessed Spirit of the living God, would you bless Lord, may we be truly your children. May we be children that walk with you and know your power and know your presence in these areas. Now, Lord, would you bless this prayer meeting, Lord? Would you put your hand upon your people and draw us to you in Jesus' name?